This is the Create the Smarts podcast where you will learn to leverage your online following into a profitable, future-proof education business that you control without being at the mercy of sponsors or algorithm changes. Each week we interview the world's leading creators to find out what strategies they use to diversify, stabilize and grow their businesses. I'm your host, Jan van der Aan. Hey everybody, it's your Dutch friend Jan here and you are listening to episode 111 of the Creator Smarts podcast. Have you ever thought about organizing your own virtual event, like a virtual summit or a conference? Well, in today's episode, I'm talking to Chris Broholm of Virtual Event Mob. Actually, Chris runs multiple online businesses, but this is one of his latest ventures. And um, he basically helps not only creators, but basically anyone with an online business to organize virtual events um, to create more leads for their business, also establish more authority in their niche. And if you do well, you can also make a lot of money with these events in the short run and even also in the long run. How that works? That's something that we're going to talk about in this interview today. So some of the things that you are going to learn is what exactly is a virtual event, um, what the benefits are, and then Chris is going to explain step by step uh, how you organize these events, the, what the most important aspects are. And we're also going to talk about uh, outreach, how to reach out to all the people in your niche to join you for your event and how you can use that as a networking tool. So these things and much more that's what we're going to cover in this interview today hope you're going to like it here's my interview with chris hey chris welcome to the creator smarts podcast tell us a little bit about yourself and what it is you do well yeah and thank you for having me back uh, i don't know how many repeat uh, guests you've had but uh it's good to be back. I am Chris from actualfluency.com, where I also run my own podcast. This is about learning languages and polyglots and foreign language learning methods. Yeah. And uh, recently, um, I've been branching in more to a new business called Virtual Event Mob, where I organize virtual events or virtual summits, as some people call them, for businesses and other people. Yeah. Well, first of all, uh, yeah, good, good to see you again. Uh, welcome back. Indeed, I've only had three or four people who um, who, we, who we've had on the show twice. So, uh, Chris, what Great. an honor! <laughs> yeah. Well, last year we talked about affiliate marketing, right? And um, you do lots of different things. I mean, you you run Actual Fluency. That's your main gig, right? So a blog where you talk about language learning, you offer language courses, you know a lot about affiliate marketing, you know a lot about software, and then this year you also started organizing virtu virtual summits. Um, and that's what we're going to talk about today, right? First of all, Chris, what is a virtual summit? How does it work? Yeah, great place to start. Um, so a virtual summit, I actually don't usually call it a summit because I think the word conference is just much better. People instantly understand what a conference is and a virtual summit is essentially just an online conference yeah. so you have your traditional uh, speaker set up where you have a schedule and then maybe you have a number of sessions every day and you can have sessions running alongside each other have different tracks as they call it yeah but essentially it's just a virtual conference uh, that you host in your niche you know, or within your specialist area and it's a way for you to bring 
uh, mostly speakers together. You yeah. could do a, you could do a summit with just yourself, of course, but that would be kind of boring. So the the big upside is that you invite all your friends within that niche, and then you share audiences, and everyone wins. So if you're let's say in the learn English niche, you could invite some of your other uh, content creators to be speakers at this event, and everyone invites their audience, and then you get a chance to offer people listening to your presentation um, a little freebie or a lead magnet and so you sort of all win and uh, you also promote each other because if you're a speaker at your event and let's say a hundred thousand people show up to learn english and they see your uh, learnenglishquickly.com or whatever yeah. uh, you have a lot of um, branding there available yeah um, so that's that's really the the overall picture it's a conference that's that brings together people and audiences and you can use it as a lead generation tool. I mean, we can get a little bit more into the, yeah. the technical aspects in a second. But, you know, it can be a product on its own. It can be lead generation. It can be a freebie, you know, um, for a lead magnet. I yeah. think you've talked about that before on the podcast, like something to give people for free. So yeah. you say, hey, I did this English conference last year with 35 uh, great English teachers. You can get this for free. Just enter your email address. And that's uh, a great way to capture leads with. Yeah, so it's a good way to generate leads at the same time, also a very good way to build relationships with yes. uh, with all the people in your niche, right? And you know, if you have those relationships, then you could maybe later do uh, co- like do collaborations, or maybe you know, some of the people in the group can even do affiliate marketing for you. Um, yeah, there's so many benefits here. Um, we actually we actually run a summit ourselves like many years ago, three or four years ago, it was called the Lingua Hackers Online Conference, I think. I don't even remember the name. I think that was it. Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah, I was. I did speak at it and I think that was the name of it. Yeah, it was uh, with, um, what was his name? Aksiev or something. With Alek, our, our dear friend and our dear partner in Russia. Right. <laughs> exactly. Um, what I remember from it is that I mean, at, at Language Boost, we never had a, a lot of traffic. Um, yes, we had a YouTube channel and the website was generating leads, but we never, like generating leads and building a list was always quite tricky for us. But I remember after organizing that summit, or thanks through that summit, we generated like 4,000 leads in, in just a week or just a bit over a week. So I remember that it was very good from um, from that perspective. That's um, the biggest advantage really for for the summits, you know, it is possible. I mean, I've done uh, quite a few of them now, and the the money making generation of the event itself is definitely possible. You yeah. can offer bonuses, you can offer uh, a full time lifetime access to the recordings, you can offer all sorts of things for people to upgrade from a free ticket. Yeah. But I would say the value is much more in the attendees and the leads themselves yeah. that could potentially buy your other products or your coaching or your whatever whatever service it is you offer yeah that's much that, that has much more value so you can look at the base number and say hey we made x amount of dollars for the event that was great but we also signed up you know 20,000 potential new leads for our masterclass or whatever we offer right yeah so so that's really the the big benefit that you share audiences and you kind of it's a big branding uh, come together where everyone chips in and and shares it and it's a big event as well you know you count down you make all your uh, audiences excited about it and people show up and comment yeah. and it, it's a big thing and then people really like 
like to see it even you know most of this the events I've done, we've pre-recorded the sessions yeah. and just to make it easier to manage and people are still super excited about it. Yeah. Um, so, so, it's, it's, it, so it's a great way to generate leads yeah. and, and, and even get paid for it for just collecting the leads, right? If, you, oh, yeah, yeah, if the yeah. event itself is profitable. And then, of course, later you can always follow up with all those leads and, uh, and, and sell them more stuff. I guess it's also a great way to establish authority, right? Like you were the person bringing everybody exactly. together. Everybody knows you. Everybody is pointing to you. Um, yeah. So if you, if you want to, we can, I guess we can quickly give people the kind of 10-step process yeah. of organizing a summit because there is a, it's obviously quite a, a lot of moving parts in between. Yeah. But essentially what you want to do is you want to invite about 40 to 50 people who are in your immediate niche and you can make maybe some categories within that. So if you want to do a five day event, say mm -hmm. have five overall categories and then invite sort of roughly 40 to 50 people. The reason I invite that many is because, you know, there are a lot of people who be sorry, I don't have time or I'm not interested or they don't just, or some people just don't respond to you if you don't have the kind of uh, relationship built up. So you want to be sure to invite a lot of people and end up with maybe Ideally, something like 20 to 40 people. You know, the more the better because, you know, remember the speakers are there to generate hype for you. You know, they're there to promote the event. Mm -hmm. uh, but in so doing, they also kind of vet you in a way, as, as you said before, they give you authority. But the ideal is to obviously combine audiences and share leads. And you give all the speakers an opportunity to share their own lead magnet or freebie on their talk page. Yeah. And then they get extra leads as well. And, you know, it's kind of a win-win. So yeah. invite everyone, record the sessions, and uh, use some software. I prefer Hey Summit. It's a kind of a dedicated summit tool. Mm -hmm. But there are loads of them available. You can also run it on Teachable. You can use uh, ClickFunnels or any kind of funnel software. Even WordPress will do fine. Yeah. Um, so you just uh, record the sessions, upload them, and then you make them go live according to your schedule. So yeah. we do one session an hour. And this is to make it really like a, a proper conference, you know. We're not pretending that they're live. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't remove like the, the playback thing. You know, you, people can scroll if they want. And we don't say anything in the emails that, oh, come, you have to be there at that time. Yeah. And what you do is you give people a free access for 24 hours. And after the 24 hours, they have to upgrade to the paid ticket to keep watching and get the bonuses as well mm -hmm. and usually you price it at a very reasonable level so the industry industry standard is about 60 50 60 dollars for the upgrade mm -hmm. which will then go up after the event is over so there's an incentive for people to upgrade yeah and then you basically just run uh, you know schedule your marketing emails schedule your daily emails with what sessions are coming that day and that's basically it. And then you just, you know, show up and respond to your emails and, and um, you know, make sure that everyone, every question is taken care of and the speakers are happy. Yeah. Um, make sure that this, the speakers are provided with uh, templates, social media templates, their own affiliate links. You know, it's funny. We talked about affiliate marketing last time on, yeah. on podcast, but affiliate marketing is huge in, in the uh, – in the industry of virtual events and summits because the speakers, you give them an opportunity for for branding, of course, and to get leads, but actually you also provide speakers with a direct monetization method. Mm 
Mm-hmm. So you say, okay, if you share your link with your audience and people upgrade the ticket, we'll give you half of the ticket. Yeah. And some Summit hosts are even more generous than that. They say, we'll give you 100% of the ticket because they, they see the value of getting the leads inside the door yeah. and they can kind of entice the speakers to be more generous with their promotional efforts. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't really found a problem with 50%. People are generally quite happy with that. Mm-hmm. But you could certainly offer more because it's not really – that ticket is not really the, the big uh, kind of important thing. It's more about getting the lead. And then after the event, of course, that's the most important thing. You know, what is the role of the event in your company's marketing? Mm-hmm. Is the event going to be an early stage of the funnel? Is it going to be a product that you sell directly on your website as a main product? Or is it, you know, a, a, like I said before, a lead magnet? So, you know, enter your email address and get a free um ticket to this event we did last year so you get build the lead and start them on your marketing plan you know have a plan for where that event fits in and once the event is over you know two weeks after maybe you start a promotion for your master class or whatever service or product it is that you offer so it's, it's kind of a it's a whole calendar basically of you can do it faster, but let's say you have 30 to 40 speakers. I would say you, you're talking about a six-month period yeah. of where you spend maybe two months organizing and recording, mm-hmm. and then you have like a month of promotional effort or two months just preparing people, hyping it up. Then you have the event itself, and then you have the post-event marketing. So you have the evergreen feature also, which is a great thing because you don't want to run a live event all the time, you know, every week. So you just want to have that available. Yeah. And and then you can do that every year. You mm-hmm. know, you can, people can obviously buy the ticket at all times, but then maybe next year you add five more speakers and you rerun the event, you know, just to get more interest and get more people excited about it. Mm-hmm. And and then it just works. You know, the, the amount of work after that is very limited, but the results are absolutely insane. Yeah. Can you maybe give us a few examples, like for what niches this could work for? Um, Like you gave the example of like an English teacher, right? Or like you have an audience, you teach English, that you can invite all the other English teachers to join your conference and everybody's going to send traffic to the event and you're the one, of course, who's going to collect all the email addresses. Can you maybe give a few more examples of clients you have worked with or niches that you have worked with? Like who could this work for? Yeah, I I think it could work for anything. Um, There's going to be different ways to approach it. For instance, if you work with the make money online niche or very technically valuable niches, then you can have higher ticket prices Mm -hmm. uh, than if you run, let's say, a language event, which is a, you know, I would say people in general uh, pay less for language courses than they do for marketing courses because marketing is a direct way to make money Um, we've run a Spanish summit Mm -hmm. did that uh, a couple of years ago two years ago Mm -hmm. and um, that worked well people were very excited and there was a big spread of different skilled levels of learning uh, Spanish so we brought a lot of Spanish teachers a lot of people who are also traveling so like um, you know vloggers and people who are making uh, travel YouTube videos in Spanish speaking areas and kind of telling how it is to actually use it in the field and not just a theoretical approach. Yeah. Um, the last one we did was about uh, children's education, more specifically literacy training. 
Um, and that was a very highly technical topic. Mm-hmm. So we were able to do really well there. Um, it's great if you can have a summit topic that um, uh, businesses are interested in. Mm-hmm. So in this example, obviously, schools were very interested in the training we provided. Yeah. So they would pay for the teachers to attend. Mm-hmm. So again, that's a slightly more um, valuable industry. But, you know, uh, just getting a lot of people aware of this training program within literacy training is so valuable because, you know, the teachers are the ones that convince the the admin, the administration of the schools typically. Yeah. And what you know, what what programs do we buy? Um, so, the event itself, even though the information in it was, you know, probably worthy of thousands of dollars in terms of a masterclass course, mm-hmm. we we sold it for like you know, sixty seven, yeah, and we had a twelve percent conversion rate, <laughs> you know, really? so it's uh, absolutely insane, um, especially considering that you can watch everything for free, yeah, for for thirty six hours, so. It's really about hitting that match between the audience and the information. And I would say the more valuable the information is, the more technical it is, the more you can charge and the better your conversion rate will be. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's really no limit. That's the beauty of these online conferences is that as long as you know there are people who are interested in your niche or topic, then then you can do a conference and you will have that. As a as a product or as a lifetime evergreen opportunity for your business, yeah. whether it's a lead generation or, or just a, a you know a consistent money earner, because at, once we finish the events, you can just put it on your website, mm-hmm. and people can go buy it at any time. Yeah. So, so, like in the long run, it could actually you could actually have a very good ROI on it. Of course, it's going to be a lot of work to organize everything, but then you can make money during the event right just by selling the tickets and of course you're going to have all those leads um that will eventually also convert in 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 clients right um yeah so it's really a long-term thing yeah i don't see anything you can do for your business today especially considering that you could do it all yourself Mm -hmm. like it is a lot of work you know just organizing the speakers I mean, you you know how it is. You 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 ask someone to do a podcast recording, yeah. and they were like, uh, "Maybe Wednesday is not so good, but can we do Thursday at this time, or maybe yeah. Saturday?" And you're like, "Ugh, but I have the kids there." And then, blah, blah, blah. you know, so yeah. just that part is ridiculous to organize. Um, but in theory, you know, you could bootstrap this and do it yourself for your own business, mm-hmm. and you can just uh, you know do it one step at a time and take take a good time to organize it. And build up the the speaker profiles and record the sessions, and do all the marketing up front. So we do our marketing is about twenty five, I think, emails that are pre twenty five emails. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we start, you know, we start about two months before. Yeah. With the kind of teasing, and mm-hmm. then every day you get two emails, like one reminder of what is coming today, and then at the end of the day, it's a reminder of what's what was there because the recordings go away after 24 hours. Yeah. So we want to make sure to give people a lot of opportunity to go and watch them. Yeah. And of course, in all the emails, there are very subtle hints to buy the upgraded ticket as well. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't really push. That's the beauty of this as well. It's not a hard sell. It's like, would you like lifetime access to 40 masterclasses in your, in the topic that you're really interested in yeah. and all you have to pay $60. 
people are like, yeah, sign me up, you know. Mm-hmm. And it, it takes the pressure of attending as well because they don't have to be there sitting in front of the computer all week, you know, yeah. refreshing. But, yeah, I think it's a great con- it's a, it's a great concept. And, you know, you can have the ROI is absolutely insane. You know, we yeah, of all the events I've organized, we've never had any of them lose money. Mm-hmm. And that's just in the event itself. Yeah. That doesn't count for, like, the, the sales week after week afterwards yeah or or the publicity or the leads that you you gain that you can sell other things this is just purely based on what it costs to organize obviously if you ask someone like us to organize it is it's a different price than doing it yourself Mm -hmm. but if you even if you take that out every event that we've done so far has also been profitable from the beginning even after paying you yeah 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 yeah, absolutely like (laughs) okay that's good to know significantly like (laughs) You know, and that's just on that week. Yeah. So, um, so I totally agree with you that the ROI is 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 mind blowing, and it's a good, it fits really well with a lot of these um, creative smarts business models where you have maybe a course here and you offer some consulting there, and it's a great way to get known in your industry and kind of build some authority and get people to know more about you, yeah. so they book your masterclass or you know if you can imagine if you're an english teacher you would probably have like a really expensive high level english course that takes people from i don't know some level to another level maybe intermediate to passing the c2 exam Mm -hmm. you know that is hugely valuable for a ton of people for job reasons career reasons um you know there are a lot of places that that is valuable and and those tests cost a fortune to do anyway yeah. Like the Cambridge test, I think it's like it's 150 pounds or something, maybe yeah. 200. So if you have a course that costs $1,000 to teach someone advanced English, that's not expensive for, for that demographic. So an event could be a great kind of portal into that where people see, oh, okay, it's a free event. I am trying to improve my English. And then as a part of that whole experience, you upsell them to that big masterclass. Yes. It it's it's totally uh, totally doable for for anyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we actually have somebody in our community, um, Mar- Maria Dobrovolska, and who are, who I interviewed on the podcast last year. I forgot which episode that that was, but she uh, yeah she does have a course. I think it's I think in the course she she sells it for a thousand euros, and she guarantees that you're going to get your C one certificate. So yeah. it's just an example of how you can charge a thousand euros, even in the language niche, which which seems to be um, less profitable than, for example, selling marketing courses. Or, but of but course you, you need to have the leads. And uh, yeah, I see how organizing summits can work. Yeah, you could have a specialty. Uh, you can have multiple events too, right? Mm-hmm. So, let's say you have a like uh, Maria is a German teacher. And she ha- has students who are complete beginners, and she has students who are really good at German, who mm-hmm. wants to be C1 or C2. Uh, it's not a bad idea to have the Beginner German Summit, that could be the name of it, yeah. or the Beginner German Conference, whatever, or and then have the Intermediate Conference as well. Mm-hmm. Obviously not in the same week, <laughs> yeah. but you could very easily have it staged like that. And that could easily feed into the corresponding courses that you have on a website. Because I know she offers courses for all levels. Yeah. Um, or you could do it one every day. So for your German conference, you might have five days. Well, it could just be 
separated by by skill levels. So, you know, if somebody's a beginner, well, all of the content will be relevant for them at some point, and that's a great sales argument for them to be, get the the lifetime ticket. Because yeah. you're a beginner today, you might not get too much out of the advanced lessons, but get the lifetime ticket, and then when you get there, the lessons are waiting for you. Yeah, you know, the presentations they could be about grammar or they could be about pronunciation. What do What do I know? You know, mm-hmm. whatever the the teacher. Uh, the teachers themselves think are interesting could be yes. different methods could be different mediums could be uh just different teaching ideas or books or podcasts or whatever you know mm-hmm. so let's go back to step number one then just to make sure that i understand everything correctly right so the first step is to to reach out to people and invite them to speak at your conference and then of course the, the big question that you should ask yourself is whom who do I know that has my audience, right? So like right. you gave the learn Spanish, uh, the learning Spanish niche as an example, like you do not only reach out to people who want to learn Spanish, uh, sorry, who have an audience that want to learn Spanish, but you can also reach out to people who are in, as you said, traveling, right? So there is an overlap. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. You want to make sure that you get the people who are closest to you, of course. Yeah. You know, do you want to get the people who have the perfect audience fit um, but it's a good opportunity to be creative and try to get audience a, a, a new se- segment of audience from a related field yeah. or a, like a closely related field so for the spanish as an example we want we got in touch with a lot of travel vloggers and bloggers because a lot of travelers when they if you're reading a blog about somebody traveling around mexico there's probably a big chance that you're interested in learning at least some Spanish. Yeah. You know, so I think that's the uh, the kind of lesson there is that use it as an opportunity for networking. Yeah. You know, that's what a podcast is also good for. You get, you send an invite to, do you want to be on my podcast? You talk to them for an hour, maybe there's a little bit of pre-chat and a little bit of post-chat and suddenly you have that connection. Mm-hmm. You know, in the beginning it's not, you know, uh, it's not like you're best friends forever after one chat but you remember usually the people you've done a podcast with yeah so if i said jan and i think actually i might have done this because you were on the actual fluency podcast many 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 years ago yeah and and i don't think i knew you back then i don't think we'd met Mm -hmm. so i think we did the podcast first yeah and then then when we met it was like you know it's just like meeting an old friend you know was yeah oh that's jan of course yeah so uh, that's the same with the summits. When you when you want to get to know people who are in your industry, and, and and this is also a good opportunity to aim high. So let's say you're a uh, you kind of a new player in the industry. Maybe you your blog or YouTube channel or whatever isn't uh, old. This maybe you just started it. This is a great opportunity to network with people who've been doing it for a long time. Yeah, you know. So that's the biggest advantage, really. Yeah, that, that, that's interesting that, that you mentioned that there because. Well, as we said, there are many benefits of organizing these summits, right? One of them, which might be the biggest benefit, I don't know if you agree with me, is the lead generation, right? Yeah. Now, some people who are listening, they might have lots of leads, tons of leads, tons of traffic, right? So in that case, it can still be a good way to to network, uh, build relationships with other people in the field, affiliate marketing, um, all those kind of things. But yeah, I think especially for the people who are new to all of this, right? Like who are working so hard, who are creating content and who are thinking by themselves, oh shit, this is so difficult. I'm never going to be bigger 
than than all the other players in the industry then you could actually use a summit or maybe even start a podcast in the first place to do all this networking <laughs> right. yeah and yeah. then eventually start your summit invite everybody and then all these big people are going to send traffic to your event right if you if you do it right exactly yeah uh, that's that's the goal uh, and the way you get the people the speakers to say yes in the beginning is that you have a very clear value proposition to them Mm-hmm. So none of the summits or events that I've organized have speaker payments. And it's not something we recommend in any case because it's usually not worth it. You know, people who are professional speakers might command fees of up to five to ten thousand dollars for one session. Yeah. So the finances are just terrible anyway. So there might be some, let's say I don't know what niche, but you know, if you reach out to like a super A-list celebrity, mm-hmm. you know, you might get a response from their management saying, yes, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> he will come to your event for uh, $500,000, you know. Uh, so obviously there's a, obviously a limit, but in general, you can really get far by being very organized in your invitational process. Mm-hmm. So you support the, the speakers as much as you support the event itself. And the yeah. way you do that is you, you give them uh, obviously a nice invitation very uh, diplomatic and polite and explain who you are and what you do and what your goal is Be, make it you know brief but you know detailed and then you you lay out what's in it for them yeah because if you get a pitch it doesn't matter who you are and what you work with you don't really care too much about who's pitching mm-hmm. in the beginning anyway you want to know what's in it for me so yeah. if you're a potential spe- like you probably got speaker invitations. You don't really care too much about the grand, you know, motivations behind the event. You just want to know, okay, what can I get out of it? Yeah. Or as a business, what can my business get out of it? Because obviously time is limited and we have to respect time. So what we want to do is make it very clear in the initial invitation what's in it for the speakers. Mm-hmm. And uh, the I already mentioned the big advantages, but obviously there's yeah, an opportunity for lead generation. Mm-hmm. So you give the speakers their own uh, area on their talk page where they can submit a uh, a lead magnet of their own mm-hmm. or just link to an opt-in page of their own. And you can send a screenshot of the platform and like do some arrows and like you're, you know, we'll put your your stuff here. And then there's the uh, the sharing of the leads, of course, that's part of it. But then there's also the opportunity to get the revenue so, mm-hmm. like I said, if you have speakers who are maybe higher, a little bit more higher tier, then you can offer them. Just tell them, you know, we'll give you all of the ticket fees from your audience. Yeah. And Or you can do 50%. That usually works too. And in general, you can just offer all kinds of promotions and publication. And, but obviously, the best thing to do would be to get some speakers that maybe you know um, or have connections with already and then use them to say oh by the way he also said yes and I expect to have and then you just do some calculation we expect to have 40 speakers and we ha- expect to have a combined email list of you know we have uh, maybe 20,000 attendees expected and you can pitch your product to them that's also the thing you know in this in the speak in the presentation itself you allow the speaker to pitch their thing mm-hmm. Yeah. So at the end, and they also have it underneath each talk. So basically, you summarize all these things you're going to give the speakers. Yeah. 
mm-hmm. and send that email, just quick email. And, you know, that pitch, I think, assuming people have the time, obviously some people are going to be like, I'm on holiday in Thailand, I can't do it. But that pitch has a very high success rate, yeah. especially if you have any kind of established uh, merit. Like if I emailed you, I mean, I could probably just text you and say, Jan, do you want to come to my event? And you'd be like, yeah, sure. So there's a different level of how well you know the speakers, of course. Yeah. But for, for cold speakers that you don't know, or you maybe only know them through someone else, this still has a very high success rate. But I still recommend inviting maybe twice as many speakers as you expect to end up with, mm-hmm. just because people are just going to say no for other reasons. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think it's so important to indeed mention the benefits, you know, because I mean, I've, I've run this this podcast for a while now. Also, some of the online events that we organize, and every time when I reach out to somebody new, you know, I. I really sit down and I think, okay, what is in it for for the person, right? And if I cannot come up with like two or three good reasons, I just don't reach out because right. I know that, you know, it's only going to work if there is something in it for them. It's like these postcards, even when I reach out for people for the podcast, you know, okay, what's in it for them? So I would usually ask something like, hey, this is Jan, this is what we do. Would you be interested in in doing an interview and sharing your success story with some of your with, with some of the fellow creators in our industry you know and because you know i cannot really offer them a large sum of money or you know they, they they can't sell they can't pitch their products on the podcast but some of them you know they they just want to feel <laughs> important right like right. they have yep. all this and 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 that's what we do in the podcast so you know, share what they that learned team. with all the people who are like them, you know, maybe a bit younger. Um, who doesn't like to do that? So well, most people say a, yes. Yeah, it's a big, it's a big thing, and and surprise, this surprises a lot of people that that the that people say yes to these things for, I mean, no apparent upside, at least initially. Yeah. But it's 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 just human nature. Yeah. You know, it's it's like ego, right? Or vanity. It's, it's like, a, it's, oh, they like to see their name on on the podcast player, or on the list of episodes, or I, as a speaker, you know? I, th- I think it's a bit of ego, but maybe more importantly, people also just want to connect, right? Like when I reached out to Mr. B's manager, like, I mean, he manages Mr. B. Mr. B's does like, I think it's like between 60 and 100 million revenue per year, right? So, yeah. I mean, these guys are, are busy. They know people. They, yeah. they, do, they do not necessarily need more friends. But, you know, you see, okay, I'm reaching out. I'm doing something similar to what they are doing, but on a smaller scale, of course. It's like, hey, um, you know, these people like to network. They want to know what's going on in the industry. They want to know what, what other people are doing. And I think yeah. it's the same goes for organizing these these summits, right? People want to know what other people in their niche are doing. People want to network, especially, you know, now, well, now things are <laughs> becoming slightly better, but most of most of the people who work online are, um, you know, it can be lonely sometimes. So you, if you receive an email of somebody who's doing something, working on a cool pro- project and inviting you to come on the podcast or a virtual summit, um, yeah, there is, well, my experience is that there is indeed a big chance that they're going to be up for it. Well, some people are just nice, you know. Yeah. Some people have this, uh, you know, they have the idea that, for instance, I'm a podcaster, right? I've been doing yeah. 180 episodes or something. Yeah. A lot of people, like yourself, said yes to come on my podcast when I was starting out and had nothing. Yeah. Like, I had no listeners, no 
you know, there was no reason for people to come on my podcast. Mm -hmm. And of course, part of it is like you say, people, you know, do want to connect and they do want to see themselves as part of that. But because they said yes, you know, we're talking, you know, big, big A-listers within our niche said yes to me in the beginning. I feel like I have a, a duty to pass that forward. Yeah. So yeah. now, if if somebody invites me to a podcast, I guess I should be slightly careful with what I say. But <laughs> generally, ninety nine percent of the time, I'll just say yes without even. I don't even want to know. Like, I I don't need any benefits. I don't need to know who you are. Yeah. I'll just say yes, and then I'll figure out who you are afterwards. You know, it's a. Uh, to me, that's also part of it that. A lot of these people came from where a lot of the listeners are today. You know, they yeah. just started out. Yeah. They just started a website, and then suddenly, six years later, it's gone massive. Yeah. So they're just normal people like everyone else. Yeah. So I, I think that's also part of it that there's some generosity mm-hmm. in, and there's some interest in sharing what you know, right? Like if you know, this episode is a great example. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't consider myself like the the grandmaster of online virtual events, but I've had great success with it in a limited fashion, and I'm running a business with it now. So yeah. I'm like, okay, let's talk about it. You know, this is what I know yeah, works, exactly. and you know, that's I think that's a big part of it. You know what topic people like to talk about most? I don't know. <laughs> it's <a> money themselves. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true that's what we are doing here right we're talking about what you do <laughs> no but i mean that, that that shows the power of of uh of a podcast but also just reaching out to people to get them at your events uh, you know you give them attention you you give them a stage and people like to talk about themselves especially if yeah. they're passionate about it so it's about your experience it's about sharing like i found out i found some great things that work and by the way this is the same with the affiliate marketing we talked about previously I've kind of stumbled into these things and I found out they work. So I want to share my results with people. Yeah. That's also like a, a natural human connection. But, you know, by the way, this session could easily have been part of the Creator Smart Summit. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You know, where my session was called, you know, Virtual Summit Expertise or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I shared all my, my t- tips and tricks. That'll be yeah. very inception like, you know, a, 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 a presentation in a summit about summits. But, you know, <laughs> you, know you could see that, right? You, you invite me to uh, speak and I'll be like, yeah, sure, I will. Yeah. And that's a great topic for, for Creators Month as well. We'll, we'll talk after. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm recording. So I guess I can just repurpose this interview and uh, upload it onto the, uh, the summit page, right? There you go. That's also <laughs> clever. <laughs> okay, let, let's recap. Step number one: reach out to the people that you want to that you want to have at your conference, um, and then you 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 said that you should subcategorize uh, the speakers, right? So that like one day is like every day you're going to talk about a, a different topic. Can you give an example of how you could create these subcategories? You don't have to. Oh. Um, you can do both. <laughs> Sorry. <coughs> Just got a bit of a water in the wrong throat. <laughs> Remember, that's uh, <coughs> minute 38. <coughs> I still um, there, Chris, or do I need to call an ambulance? Um, <coughs> okay, I will, I will call an ambulance. Can you hear me? Can you yes, hear me? I can hear you. 
All right, perfect. Yeah, you probably need to edit that bit out. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I will leave it in. No, that's a, that's a terrible idea. But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, I, you don't have to. Like, there's a, You can do both. The advantage of spreading out the topics throughout the week is that you get more kind of uh, audience participation throughout the week. So let's say I, let's say I'm doing a a, um, a summit about TV shows in the '80s, and there's a whole day about Knight Rider, and then there's no Knight Rider any other day. Yeah. So I just come for my day, you know, the Knight Rider, which is obviously the best '80s show of all time. Um, then I don't go to any of the other days. So it's probably better in general to inter, interweave the different topics. Hmm. Um, but anyway, you need to have the pillars. Yeah. Uh, so so having it day by day is just one way to do it. The, the advantage of that is that if people are only interested in one topic anyway, you just make it more convenient for them. And for a language uh, event, you could have let's say beginners on day one, intermediate on day two, advanced on day three, whatever. Um, so the people who are attending get a more condensed experience. Mm -hmm. So you can do both really, but uh, but you have to have some overall topics for your event. Mm -hmm. um, you know, We recommend, because it, it's quite a lot of work to do these summits, so we recommend that you make it quite a big one. Um, you know, There's no point in starting to organize a huge event then you just make it like a one day thing yeah might as well make it a proper big thing that can last for years and provide you leads and, and income for years to come mm -hmm. uh, so i would say you know four or five days a couple of presentations each day depending on how many speakers you got mm -hmm. um and then each presentation is inside some categories so it could be a skill level uh, for languages it could be like for the creative smarts it could be the different platforms like YouTube mastery, podcasting, whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's what I would do. And uh, there's some ways to obviously, you know, you want to get good bonuses for the upgrade, you know, um, but it, it's not really strictly necessary, I found in, in some cases, but you can. But what we did was we offered, of course, lifetime access. That's the big bonus of upgrading because you normally you just get 24 hours. But we also offered transcripts and audio files. So these are relatively easy to generate, of course. And the video files were also available for download. So that's kind of a an easy way to set up some bonuses. But you can also do live panels. Mm -hmm. So this is another tip. You can have, I, I prefer pre-recording most of the conference, but you can certainly have a live element in there too. So let's say for the welcome, uh, you can have a welcome session where you invite a few of the speakers to join you live mm -hmm. and take questions directly from the audience. Mm -hmm. um, and you can have a goodbye party or you could have a panel in between. or You know, there's a big mix, mix and match you can do yeah. that can make it slightly more impactful. Mm -hmm. But, you know, like I said, I've done pretty much only pre-recorded events so far and I haven't seen one complaint. Yeah, you know, People are, are totally happy with it All right. that it's, it's pre-recorded. So reach out to everybody that you have on your list or all the uh, all the speakers and then you record the interviews. You can just do that on Skype, I guess. You you download yeah. um, a, a, a call recorder yeah. like we are using now and then you upload those videos onto... Can you do it on Teachable? I guess you need to upload it onto a platform where it drips as, as, like the video at the time for which you scheduled it, right? 
you can certainly do Teachable, but it takes it's a lot of effort because you would have to manually enable every session every day. Ah, yeah. Um, so what we actually did do one on Teachable, uh, one of the first ones we did, and uh, that was very tedious because basically I had a calendar reminder in my Google Calendar every hour from 8 a.m. until 4 p.m. that mm. I had to basically log on and enable uh, the presentation. And then the next day, there was another reminder of me you know, removing it again because obviously we had a limited. Ah, uh, yeah. And what we did was, I mean, Teachable can be used. What you do is you make your event and you duplicate the course. I mean, it's called the course, but you know, you duplicate the event. Yeah. And then you call that the all access pass and that's just open all the time. So when people buy that, you put them over into that and then the the live event, so to speak, is the one you, you give that's the free published. ticket. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And then you change the the access. But yeah, that's quite tedious. That's why I use Hey Summit personally. Yeah. But um but there are other event platforms available that can can help you do these things. I also use Vimeo for the video hosting. Uh, it's a relatively inexpensive way, uh, obviously, because we have uh, clients. We host client summits as well mm-hmm. for conferences. So we, I have a big Vimeo uh, subscription anyway. Yeah. And I just use that as an embed because sometimes there are bandwidth restrictions as well. You know, you can't just put, let's say, a two gigabyte presentation onto any platform. Yeah. Uh, I don't think Teachable has any problems with it, but I know a lot of platforms that have specific bandwidth requirements and you can't just put a ton through it <laughs> yeah so i would recommend a, a, a platform that's basically designed to do these kind of events mm-hmm. there's a few different ones but hey summit is the one i use and the one i can recommend so you record all the interviews and then you upload it on a platform like hey summit and then i guess in on the platform you can schedule emails to go out when the sessions become available or how does that work you can use the platform's email system. Yeah, I prefer to link it to my email service provider. Yeah. So I use Kartra for lead management and yeah. pretty much anything related to email. So I basically just schedule the emails and link directly to Hey Summit. And because it's all scheduled in a very, you know, you build your schedule on the platform, you know, you know exactly that every day at 8 a.m. the first session goes live and then every hour after that, or you could do 10 a.m. or whatever. It depends on how many sessions you have and what time zone you're in, of course. Um, but basically, you just make sure that the email, your email service provider, is scheduled at the same time as the first session is going live or becoming available, I guess I should say. Yeah. And then you send out all the emails, and um, and you know that's that should be done way before. So you have all those ready and written mm-hmm. with all the teasers. You want to give people a little tidbit of each presentation or at least the title and the speaker yeah so you want to entice people to come and and watch it mm-hmm. for that day so you send out like a teaser and then the end of the day you send out a a little uh review of the day like what we talked about and uh, there's a there's a bunch of other things you can do to have to be more successful you can <clears throat> do uh, giveaways social media giveaways so people sharing the event are entered into a giveaway that's a great one to give away some of your courses maybe or some of your time or an Amazon gift card. you know, It doesn't really matter what you give away, uh, but that greatly improves the the social sharing and set up the hashtag and everything. 
uh, you know, we had, I think we had about a thousand social shares for this last one. Really? With, uh, yeah, with about 16,000 attendees. So that really works, um, especially because every most of the speakers are connected, right? Or, or they have people following the same people, so they kind of retweet, and that doubles yeah. the effort. Yeah. So, um, so those are some of the ways we we kind of boost that, and and the way we take advantage of that as a you know when we organize the events for people is we provide the speakers with all these tools so they can basically just copy paste and promote the event as much as possible. Yeah. So yeah, you, you write the uh, the swipe copy, like the emails, um, the social media graphics, and then they can just share that with our audience. Maybe adjust it a little bit. Yeah, exactly. And of course, we encourage people to put their own twist on it. But typically, a lot of these people are quite busy, and it's hard to get them to spend a lot of time on it. So you want to make it as easy as possible for the speakers to promote your event. One of the ways you can do that is have click to tweet. So you just uh, you just Google it. Basically, you just generate a link. That all they have to do is just click the link, and then it it pre fills a tweet for them. That saves a lot of uh, friction. Yeah, and you can also do that with Facebook, LinkedIn, and all the other platforms. There's there's some website I forgot what it's called, but basically you can generate all those codes, all those links on one website. It's quite clever. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's a big big tip. Also, sending people their affiliate link directly and personally. Mm -hmm. So this goes back to the affiliate marketing talk we had as well. But you know, as a speaker, if I send you an email that said, "Hey, just log into your speaker dashboard and get your link," and you know promote the event you'd be like no i can't be bothered with that that's too much <laughs> so you just basically what you do is just send them the emails and the links and everything with their link already embedded yeah, so yeah, all, yeah. all they have to do is just press send basically yeah and then they generate the the commissions yeah and then you keep them updated and say you know you look at the numbers and i would say for speakers you always have to expect a, an 80 20 principle mm-hmm uh, that's what we've observed. Obviously, you can get better results than that, but in general, you're going to get about 80% of your results from 20% of the speakers. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of speakers who won't be who won't do anything. Yeah, and that's just the way it is. You know, they've already donated their time, and and this is also an important point when you do decide to do one of these events. Be really, really grateful to the speakers. Send them a really personalized email thanking them for their time. And even actually what we did was we we sent them flowers. <laughs> so we had their addresses for tax reasons, I think. I'm not entirely sure. Maybe we just asked them. <laughs> it was a, uh, that was a, obviously the, the company we work with uh, yeah. that um, that had the addresses we didn't we didn't for for GDPR reasons and everything. But yeah. we just sent them a little uh, little little flower with a thank you card. And that just you know, that just gives gets your business in such a good light like you would remember that forever basically yeah because <laughs> nobody does that yeah uh, i'm not saying you have to send like a physical thing but at the very minimum be sure to send uh, a personalized email thanking them for their time and and energy and if they did anything special like send emails or promote the event uh extensively then really thank them as well yeah so it's good branding for you for your own audience but also you know, towards the other players out there in your niche. 
Um, yeah, yeah. You want you want to be you want to be very grateful because they the speakers are the heroes of the show. They they, they donated their time basically. Yeah. Of course, they get something out of it, but they didn't have to say yes to it. So mm-hmm. be be sure you're very grateful and and also again be very respectful. You know, part of the part of the email guidelines we have on our team is. I tell my my team to email like we're emailing the Queen of England, <laughs> because yeah. if you do that, nobody will ever feel like if offended or, you know, annoyed of some some style. Yeah. Some people send emails; they send very abrupt, very like kind of impolite in a way, but not really. So I always we always try to be overly polite, especially when dealing with the with the speakers, because we're kind of acting. As a company, we're acting like the company that contracted us, right? We're yeah. the, we're actually them in a way. So it's very, very important to be super diplomatic. But I think this goes for individual organizers too. If you're organizing your own event, you want to be super diplomatic in your emails. Always, always. Uh, you can't be too diplomatic. Let's put it that way. Yeah. All right, Chris. Well, one of my, my goal for this interview was to really extract the twenty-five step plan, the twenty-five <laughs> step roadmap to um, to organizing your own summit. I noticed that it's um, well, there is a lot of a lot of tasks that are involved, right? I, I think I get a global, or that I now have a global idea of how it works. But you know, for the people who want to learn more. Um, where can they go? Is there like a course or a website or like some resource where people can go if they want to learn more about how they can organize a summit for the for their own audience, for example? Right. Um, you're very right in that uh, there are a lot of steps, <laughs> and uh, I might not have been. Uh, I might have simplified a little bit in this uh, in this interview because it's definitely a, a long process. That's also why I said. If you plan to do an event, I would recommend setting aside about six months. Yeah, and that's just to make sure there are no technical problems, or you know, this, some speakers might take two months to get back to you. You know, so you want to maximize the the success rate. But yeah, it, it, organizing a summit is a is a basically a, a ton of organization, and you know, we we try to make it as, as easy as possible for people to to do the events that's why i started this kind of business mm-hmm. so when when people say okay we want to do an event all they bring us is basically a list of the speakers they would like to us to invite yeah but but even that we can we can come up with a, a hit list if they don't have that and then they just lean back and basically record their own session and otherwise just see the event take place yeah but, but you know that process is obviously that's not for everyone so i would say I would just go on. Uh, I don't have any resources. I wish I have. Uh, I had a like a masterclass to do it. But um, yeah. if you go to if you go to virtualeventmob.com, which is the name I I chose for the business, I will have a big case study about the last event I did here in 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 the start of this year, mm-hmm. and maybe that can help. That can kind of enlighten the process a little bit. Yeah. Otherwise, of course, you're more than welcome to reach out to me. Uh, send me an email if you have any questions or if there's anything you want to know specifically. Um, but at the end of the day, just take it easy and do one thing at a time, and you know, don't overcomplicate things. You know, if you're really interested in wanting to run virtual summits, I would I have a contact I can put you in touch with uh, who runs like the the most the biggest masterclass about 
virtual events is the training I did, and that's what basically brought me to this place. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, there's no re- substitution for practical experience and and actually doing it. But yeah, that was the that was where I got trained. But this is that's a very expensive course, so you know that it's not just a Udemy fifteen dollar course. You know, <laughs> yeah. um, so so that's I assume that's going to be for very few people. But you know, email me and I'll I'll put you in touch. Chris, thank you so much. When are you coming? When are you coming back on the podcast? <laughs> I don't know. I guess I have to learn a, a, a new skill first. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Every time you learn something new, we we will invite you. Great, thank you, Jan. <laughs> Bye, Chris. All right. Thanks for listening to this episode. And if you like this episode, then please give it a positive rating in whatever podcast app that you're using. And if you want to listen to other interviews or just learn more about what we do, then make sure to go to our website, creatorsmart.com. See you on the next episode. Ciao.